Welcome to the podcast, ConX. Uh, today we have uh, the McCommons with us. So uh, rather than me introducing you, I'll, I'll let you guys introduce yourself. My name is Jeff McCallman. My wife, Angela McCallman. We uh, uh, founded Precision Mechanical Corporate PMI in '91, uh, uh, and rest is kind of history. It's been a ninety-one. So what what happened in you know? Walk me through that history. What what happened? I, I was uh, I actually was transferred to Kentucky with Adolph Coors Company. They had their own construction division. Was sent out here to do a project at a uh, biotech facility they have in Winchester, and uh, come out here to do the work and and uh, met Angela and. So you're from Kentucky? Yes. And you're from? Wyoming. Wyoming. Born and raised. Yeah. Wyoming, yeah. really? Yeah. And uh, What is there to do in Wyoming? Uh, hunt and fish. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot like Kentucky, you know? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. A, lot of, a lot of big ranches and stuff. Uh, oil industry is, is about the biggest, probably one of the biggest uh, industries back there. But uh, You still got any family back there? Yes, I do. I have a brother and a sister that live in Cody, Wyoming. Oh, okay. Wyoming, I hear, is a nice place, least populated state in That's the United correct. States. Yeah. You know, so uh, um, so are you from Winchester? Paris. Paris. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a little bit of drive, huh? Not bad. <laughs> so not bad. How'd you guys meet? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, we met. Uh, uh, what you would call it? Dance hall or bar or yeah. <laughs> you don't actually, want to mess this up, okay? You don't want to mess this up. <laughs> actually, I've had Angela the first night I was in Kentucky, so it's kind of really like uh, her grandma said it was an omen, good or bad. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, we uh, I got we actually got married and got transferred back to Colorado with Adolph Coors, and I told Angela I knew we were going to be coming back out to do another project, and I told her when uh when they ship us back out here that we'll be, uh, and then go to, when the job's over, that we'll be starting our own gig. So we did. So what, what got you decided that you were going to do your own thing? Cause most people either fear or, you know, comfort or, you know, I have a lot of former students that said, Hey, I want to open up my own company. And then they go work for somebody for a little bit and get comfortable and then decide they don't want to go do yeah. that. So what was well, the, what, what made you? I had worked for a large industrial contractor out west and did large projects, everything from gold mills to oil refineries to food and beverage. And uh, uh, I was a certified pipe welder at the time doing a, a, a lot of food grade. Mm -hmm. And when I got out here and started working here, I could see that there wasn't very few contractors that had that in their, in their you know, forte. Mm -hmm. So... I told Angela, I said, this could be a good opportunity, and, and it was, and so. So was it a hard decision? Like, my wife, my wife was like, I trust you, go that direction, which, honestly, what I've heard is not very common. <laughs> was she the same way? Like, hey, I trust you, you want to go into it? How did, yeah. how did you play, Angela, into the... I think my dad was a big part of it also. Um, he supported us a lot, um, just mentally, mm -hmm. you know, and he had his own business 
all his, you know, his adult life. So we kind of just went from there, and it worked out. Yeah. Well, in that 90s, that's probably a good time to, well, you were 91. That was, they were coming out of a recession at that right. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, and I just remember my parents' home business. It was uh, kind of booming mid-90s or so. Is that, yeah, so... Where did you guys have, you know, what was the revenue like your first year? And <laughs> I, We actually still have the old ledger. It was it, it was pretty small. It started out uh, myself, and then the work picked up enough to where I had to hire another guy. And, mm-hmm. and it just kept growing another guy and another guy. And and uh, it was, revenue was good. It's when you're first starting out, of course, you know, cash flow is always tricky, especially mm-hmm. when you're paying your labor weekly and you're, Invoices come in 60 days later, payment on invoices. So cash flow is always tough. We didn't we didn't live very high on the hog. We put as much back as as we could. Because is that we, how you were able to? You just we self take, yeah yeah really. We didn't go out and we got no loans for anything. That's so, that's incredible because that's a that's a hard thing to it do. Is, you it know? is. We were. I was lucky enough that I had a a customer in Winchester that that. We worked for full time, so mm-hmm. it was you know without having to go out and and bid other work. It was a lot of T and M work, so we were were right there, which allowed me to go out and find other work and to grow the business too. So, so PMI focuses on you know talking with Clayton, your son. He told me that you guys focus a lot on like uh, pipe welding, right. that kind of thing. What exactly is like the, the, the services they provide exactly? Uh, well, it's uh, any, it, when you can pretty much call it industrial construction. It mm-hmm. might be utility piping. It might be uh, process piping. Uh, it Like I said, about five years ago, we opened up a, a uh, structural steel division, mm-hmm. which has grown very well under the management that that's been running it uh three years ago we opened up a construction management division also and it's it's been doing well it's a lot of it is the customer comes up with a need and you figure out a way to Uh figure out a way to get her done well you know i was thinking about the skill set that well first of all welding stuff to find welders much less pipe welders right you know was that a was that an ongoing issue? Still an issue today to find that qualification, or you grow them in house, or how we you... grow them in house. A lot of it, and you find it other ones that come along. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it the pipe welding industry has probably grown a lot, especially in this area. Like I said, when I first came here in '91, there was very few people mm-hmm. that were pipe welders. A lot of them, any work that was done, it seemed like a lot of them came from Cincinnati or you know out of state to do the work. There wasn't a lot of local work and. So the it was tough early on. A lot of it, I I trained the people that came on board how to do it. And how did you learn how to uh, weld pipe? I was uh, well. I started with the the, the industrial contractor that I was mm-hmm. talking about out west, and I actually started as a, a pipe welder's helper, rig welder, mm-hmm. and uh, worked a couple jobs with them. And then the company I worked for uh, put me through, into their apprenticeship program to become a pipe fitter and. I knew that the the way to really make the big bucks was to become a pipe welder. So I mm-hmm. would come in early and stay late and weld, 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 and just burn enough rod to where it 
it happened. It, it, it. <laughs> <laughs> One day, boom, it happened. So, so, um, what did, did so you, you participate in the business, business angel too? Uh, I did. what did you, did you, what did you handle within I, the business? I kept the books up for about the first 12 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, a an ongoing process. I mean, it, when we started out, we would highlight computer was not really a big part of the company. Mm-hmm. Plus we had two little kids, um, babies, and you know, you had to take care of them first and business came second. And there was many, many nights, two, three o'clock in the morning. We were working on invoicing and then I'd pay the bills through the day when I could. It's incredible that how like, it seems like this model is very typical because same way it happened with my company. You know, I, 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 I did the work, good at doing the work, but somebody had to be behind me and taking care of all the accounting, all the invoicing, yeah. paying people. And uh, um, it, I always tell people that I got all the credit and my wife was back doing all the work. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, 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 it is, it, there's a lot of truth to that, you know. So, uh, so when did you actually get to a point where you said, did you, did you want to bring somebody else in? Did you see the company need? What was that? We did. We, it, I made the decision that we, uh, we, we ran the business out of a, uh, uh, shop on on my farm that I built mm-hmm. to run it out of and and we did that until we bought the facility in Winchester in 2004 and in about 2002 I I, I knew that the, that we needed to get some exposure and and just try to build business because a lot of our eggs were in one basket mm-hmm. and I hired a guy to help me do that and he also brought a lot of structure to the to the office and and but I made the decision that to get the business away from the farm mm-hmm. because it was it just when it was there you were always there it was always always there so we decided to move it to Winchester and and uh, lease some buildings for a couple of years and then and then bought a facility which is their their current facility now in in 2004 so um what would you say was probably a significant event that kind of shaped your business model? That and and I, I recognize that you you know you have now passed that ownership on to somebody else. But in your time there, from gosh ninety one till just what last year? This year. This year. This year. Um, what can you remember? You know, like one significant event that really changed everything for you guys. Uh yeah, that's There's hard. probably a lot. There but... is. There is the, a lot of. Uh, that, that's a tough question. That things go by so quick that you know it's hard to put your finger on just one event. Uh, I think that probably the the biggest thing was. I don't know if you could really call it an event, but was to bring other people on that were capable of taking the business in a direction that I myself was probably not capable of doing. Was that, was that hard for you to, cause I mean, when you grow it, it's your baby, right? I mean, it's just like your, what's it's you, you yeah. know? And then is it, was it hard for you to let go of that? Uh, 
Yes and no. She's, she's saying yes. She's not a yes. <laughs> uh, it, part of it was, and part it, it was hard in a way that that you know it is your baby, and it's kind of you're you're relying on them mm-hmm. to take it in the same direction and fondle it the way you know mm-hmm. take care of it the way you did. Uh, it was it was easy in a way that it was kind of a relief because after doing it seven days a week for the first you know twenty some years, it was. That was part of the relief part, but it, it it's still hard to this day. I mean, even when, like you said, when it when you start it and it's your baby, you you kind of always have a connection with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but. how did you go about choosing those? Uh, was it one person or several people? Several, several. Yeah. How did you go about choosing those people? It uh, it kind of just worked its way into it. Mm-hmm. They were the, the primary people that showed an interest in it. And it was either them or or look outside the company. And mm-hmm. I just felt it was best to. And it was easier from within. It was an easier transition. Did they have any specific traits that you, you, you recognized? Hey, this, this guy has this. There's something about him that makes him special. And he should be, you know brought into this right oh yes very much so they uh well they were the owners all worked for the company for well one of them had been with me since the late 90s Mm -hmm. been with me for quite a while and then uh one was hired in 2010 and the other in 2013 so you know they all they were all associated with the business Mm -hmm. up front and and it was they, they were hired to grow the business, and they did it. They did, were successful at it. How, uh, you know, and I, I think about this because this is a struggle for every small business owner. Um, is uh, and small business is a very relative term. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, because I think we all start small, and eventually we realize we're a medium size or a large right. company. You know, um, when. Uh, uh, you know, how did you retain those people? Because you know, you when you have good people, that's can be a very big challenge. It sounds like you have a lot of people who've been there for a long time. Right. What has been your philosophy or your belief, or how to have you retain people? Uh, you have to have an employee first company. You have to good benefits, good pay, and mm-hmm. know that know that the company cares about them. Uh, the we've had people leave, and majority of them have, have come back just because of. For those reasons, and, and we work in a tough industry where there's a lot of tough people, and sometimes uh, I think if you just have a good environment that right. people people can work in, that's right. I heard somebody say people go to work for a, you know originally come to work for a company based on their salary, but they stay with the company based on their environment. Right. You know. So, um, do you find that to be the case too? Very much so. Very much. You have to you have to have an environment that that the people, employees know that the company cares about them, is concerned about them. It, it always has been that, you know, we've always, the company has always done its best at, at providing, you know, as you know, in a mm-hmm. company, the, the type of benefits that, you know, are, are attractive to people. It, like I say, it's a competitive environment, and especially your younger crowd, they, it's the, it's the salaries that are, or it seems like the most mm-hmm. attractive to him to start with, you know. 
Um, what skills and ability uh, do you have, or you have, or both of you guys have, that you believe has have helped you guys be successful in business? Because you don't go from not existing in 1991 to, you know, eventually transitioning the company to your employees and and you know and building the company. How many how many employees does does PMI have currently? Over 80. Over 80. I mean, you don't go from. I mean, that's a mid-sized company you know uh, on the verge of becoming a large company you don't go from from one place to the other without having some specific skills that were able to help you well i was able what's how i started the business was because of my welding ability Mm -hmm. welding and pipe fitting ability and that's pretty much what how it all started and that's kind of when i like you asked before what i what i seen how did i know i could was able to start the company or was that it was a go was because there wasn't that many people that did the type of welding that we did. And uh, it just, like I said, it started from there. I was the, the first employee, and and uh, so it just kept growing. Is it weird now now that you transitioned out to not get up and go there every day? Yes. Of course, it it was a transition over over years. It, it uh, like I said, that's the one reason that I... I brought the people on that I did or was looking for the people because I knew that I was reaching a point that especially with the business that if it was going to take the next step mm-hmm. I was going to have to get somebody to do that I mean I have no college education I did you know pretty much hands on everything and and uh well you have an education it's from the school hard knocks. very much so very much so yeah <laughs> so, yeah so. i don't need an accounting no 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 and uh, uh uh you know and i have to say something interesting and i was telling your son about this something interesting about you and both of you is that um most people who come up through the trades and open up their own business or whatever are not successful and the reason they're not successful is because they have the technical skills but they don't have that business acumen yeah. necessary you know um how did you guys deal with deal with that i mean like my, my wife's not a trained accountant you know well, i'm not either so uh, so she you know we have, we eventually hired an accountant you know but some similar to how you guys did business what how did you guys build that business acumen to know how you know, know how to run a business and know all the details and how to get work and all that stuff. Well, I believe that, that businesses are successful primarily because of uh, uh, doing good work mm. and treating the customer right. I mean, if, if the customer knows that you've got their best interest at heart, you've probably got a good customer in there, or you know, mm. a, a retained customer. Uh, the... With business, you you like you say at the school of hard knocks, you learn things as you go. Mm. You, you figure out jobs and and just uh, you got a plus column and the negative column. <laughs> yeah, and you hopefully you stay in the plus column. Yeah. I I realized early on, especially well when the company started growing, that that uh, I was going to have to get people in there that knew the accounting side and the business development side and. You know, because that's, I, I spent the time, you know, early on with that. And I, and I think that your your business development is, can be a lot of done by your guys in the field, just by, mm-hmm. you know, treating your customer right. You know, they're, 
a lot of a lot of the guys that that or people not guys mm-hmm. individuals that were part of the business that helped grow the business were uh, built it just on the day to day relationships with their cust- with our customers. You know? And you know what's interesting about that is we're as an industry we're terrible at customer service. I mean, you, we really are. And the people who figure out what you just said, it makes their life much easier. You right. just, you do good work, got a satisfied client, and they're a repeat client, yeah. you know, especially with what we do for a living. And it just seems to be like such a simple thing. But rather than doing that, there's a lot of contracts out there that are to fight with the owner and fight with and over pennies sometimes Mm -hmm. you know in the broader scheme of things and and uh uh, it's great that you figured out early that hey you this is not my skill this is what i do well so maybe i need to bring somebody else in to 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 do that and that's kind of hard you know because you have to admit your own inadequacies Mm -hmm. within business and i think everybody has gone through that you know um but when you see the the success from it, then it's it's you, it's a, your mind's kind of put at ease. You oh, feel absolutely. A lot better about it. I, I always say today my my job is much better than what it was in the past because do doing everything okay, yeah. <laughs> rather than focus on things you're really good at, you know. So uh, um, so, what do you think were the five key parts of the business that were its strengths? Uh, and I could spell, I, I'll throw one out there for you because I know because I've heard from many different contractors is your guys' competency and mm-hmm. doing the work. I mean, I've heard that from multiple different yeah. people. Uh, the quality of work. I've, I've had many of the guys that work for me, you know, say it had to be PLS, Plum Love, One Square. I, you, know, you could walk in a room and you know, where you've done work and say, uh, we're going to have to do that over again. And it, you know, on our own cost, you know, because it didn't look right. Uh, but I think the, the quality of service, the, the customer service, the unwillingness to never say no, the customer come up, need something done, even though it wasn't in your wheelhouse, yeah. you, you found a way to do it. And some people are, a lot of people are scared of that mm-hmm. altogether, but, um, but that's how you grow. That's how you get in it. Yeah. Like you have grown different in different sectors of the company. Can't do that unless you're willing to try something new. Right. So, right. Um, what would you say were your were your personal, you know, between the two of you, your biggest successes, five of your biggest successes, or five of your biggest failures, or both? I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> say we really had five major failures mm-hmm. I mean we just you know we just didn't because mm-hmm. every you know most people that we worked for were very satisfied with how we did it and the, the people that did it and it's just a, I don't know we didn't. one thing I can say one of my biggest failures I think well I'm a, I'm a believe, believer that you learn more from failures than you do from successes. Mm-hmm. You know? so. And do I talk about the school of hard knocks. You know, I started as a carpenter and mason, you know, and um, everybody assumes because 
I have a PhD that I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth and that's not the case at all. So I had to go figure out where the spoon was first, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, and one of the biggest failures I have had in the past that I'm trying to correct today is that I have, and you, you, you kind of alluded to this is that I have focused so much on being successful within the business world. It's taken a personal price, you yeah. know, uh, just being like, how much time I spend with my wife and my kids and mm-hmm. that type of thing. And it sounds like you've had the same kind of experience with working seven oh, days yeah. a week. Yeah. But I, I can't say it was a failure. It, it was more of a, a learning curve mm-hmm. because he kind of had to learn how to deal with the kids because I was with them all day. But then I had to learn to deal with him because, like I've, I've told him many times, I said, I can tell by the way you shut your truck door whether it's been a good day or a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> my guys yeah. say when I when I come into breakfast we have a meeting at a Tuesday morning meeting they say when I walk in the door they can tell by the way I walk if mm-hmm. it's going to be a good or a bad meeting I'm like am I that transparent you know so yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, but I guess I guess that works that way yeah what what about uh, um, your kids have your kids uh, so you have Clayton right mm-hmm. right we have and, a younger son Brandon okay and he works for PMI okay yeah. and so those are you you just have two yeah mm-hmm. okay. So, have they always been around the business? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, of course, Clayton was you know in college quite a you know long time, but uh, Brandon he he actually started worked there since he was about twelve or thirteen years old, mm-hmm. just on and off you know through the summer and stuff. And he's a he's a pipe fitter welder for him. He's a he's out on a project out in Colorado right now, but he. Uh, he he likes it. He likes the work. I could say he wasn't real interested in the other side of the the project. He likes being one of the boys, you know. One of the so guys you got working. you you have two different kids that are yeah. different. Yeah, I <laughs> I have four kids, and I can tell you they're all different. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. They grew up in the same environment. They have the same parents. Why can't they be the same? But yeah. they're all a little different. Thank man. goodness. I know. Yeah. No joke. So. Well, I have to say, you know, I don't know your other son, but I can say as far as Clayton goes, I mean, and if he's listening to this, he can't listen to this, no. Uh, but, <laughs> but he, he, you know, on top of being smart, he's respectful. And, I mean, he's the type of kid that I want my kid to be like, yeah. you know. I mean, he just, he just has it, you know, from intelligence, ability to think through things, and um, down to... Uh, very few people you'll find that are that kind of intelligent that actually can work with their hands. Yeah. <laughs> and he's one of those few people, you know, he just really is. So, um, Good. so, uh, so you guys did a great, great job with him. He takes all the credit though. So he does. Yeah. Well, they both had the opportunity to, to uh, work with their hands. I mean, it's, they've, they've been exposed to it from early, early on. Well, I can imagine them having the, it seems like there's less and less of this that occurs nowadays. Like you have your kids grow up in the business. seems like less people, I have three of my four kids work in the business. And uh, um, I have to say, honestly, I'm probably hard on them. Oh, yeah. Harder than them. And uh, it's good in the long run, but in the short run, you know, I, I don't know how you guys are, but me and my wife argue over, I treat my kids hard, and they. Oh yeah. She says, "Well, you're not treating them fair like everybody else." 
I don't know if you guys have ever had that oh, argument. Yes, very much. Well, I love it. <laughs> I've told both of them, you know, because uh, when I was the owner of the company, I said, you know, you've got a target on your back because you're the owner, so mm-hmm. so you've got to you've got to hold yourself not to a higher standard, but just you got to make sure that you're you know doing the best you can and and kind of trying to set an example. It's you know Absolutely. sounds kind of corny. It's kind of like the preacher's kid, you know. Yeah. Everybody's watching you, everything you do, yeah. and whether it's fair or not, it is the way yeah. it is, you know. So. Um, so if you were to give personal advice now, looking back at your guys's, you know, the the fact that you grew the business together, and by the way, I have to say I have to commend you because some people who grow a business say, "Oh, I only did it on my back," and the fact that I think there's something to be said about saying, "Hey, we did it married together," because yeah. not only do you guys have the struggle of being married, <laughs> you had the struggle of building a business together. And that is a significant thing. How many years have you guys been married for? 28. Wow, wow, wow. See, you didn't answer. She waited yeah. her answer. I just, I didn't want to make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a hard thing, especially yeah. today. You it know, is. that's a hard, that's a really well, we, hard thing. Yeah, we've actually, uh, we had the business almost as long as we've been married because we got married in, uh, what was it, 91? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh it was shortly thereafter that I started it. So. If you could do it all over again, would you guys do anything different as far as having uh, a business, maybe having a regular nine to five job? I know. I don't know if I would do that. I would, uh, there was a, it was seven days a week for, you know, a long time. And it, you know, even though you're not out in the field or at the office seven days a week, it's still mm-hmm. in your head seven days a week. I would have tried to, live life a little more as far as the family side goes during that time we we did a lot of things we being the business was successful we were we were able to afford to do some things that we enjoyed travel with the kids and stuff but my biggest trouble was you always had the business in the back of your mind which i think allowed you not to enjoy your time away as much as possible so always thinking about it I think the most fun the kids ever had on vacation though we'd always go to Canada and musky fish mm-hmm. and as soon as we crossed the the border the kids are like yes daddy doesn't have a phone <laughs> and and we were a week without a phone you know and and they got to enjoy his time and his attention more so than you know when we were at home because like you said when we were at home it was all his his mind was all toward the business, you know, no matter what we did, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a, that's an unfortunate thing. And I always think of the the Christian model of you know God commands you to give your your time, your talent, and your treasure. And I think, yeah. especially as like a husband and a father, I can speak from that perspective. We think that we do if we give treasure and our talent that our time we don't have to give, right? You know, and or those that's the sacrifice the family has to make and uh, I've made that mistake too you know so I think anybody who's there is a price to be paid there is yeah, it's a double-edged sword you you need to you need to spend that time with your your family you, you, you're kind of lots of times the business don't, you feel the business doesn't allow you to spend that time but if you really would just say set those two aside you could you could do it. 
and, and you did something significant as bringing in some younger talent and realizing that, hey, man, I need to plan for the future. And also, if I can give up some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you feel, but uh, yeah, I think that I kind of felt for a while like if I gave up control of that, I, you know, that I was losing a piece of the business or I wasn't in sync. But then I realized that there's actually people out there who can do as good a job or a better job than I can. Right. Right. <laughs> and that's a hard that's a hard you yeah. got to kind of stuff your ego a little bit away mm-hmm. and um, w- if you were to give someone advice that you know were wanting to start up their own company and was where you were in 1991 in hindsight what good advice would you give you know a young man or woman that wanted to do that and I uh, want it for both of you guys because you guys look at it from probably different perspectives I guess the I would look at what you were wanting to do, the business you were wanting to develop and try to just see if there how it would fit in the the marketplace and the de- the demand for it. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you know, try to borrow as little bit of money as you possibly can to get it going because I think that a lot of people get into things and before they know it they're strapped and financially and you got to have the you got to have the funds to grow the business too and it's and surround yourself with good people mm-hmm. you know that's you don't want to carry all the weight on your shoulders so. I agree with him I mean, when we started out we I mean we started out with pennies in our pocket and we'd get a check and I made I made sure we had enough that we could pay the employees and the rest of it went in the bank and we didn't get a lot of extra stuff you know and because you never knew when you were going to have a bill come in that Uh. it's like wow you know how am I going to pay for that and I would say that if if I were going to start a business I would start very early saving money and have a a good idea of exactly what I wanted to do and what type of area I would need to be in in order to make that a successful business what I, go ahead the, the, the demand I think is a big thing I, you, I was lucky enough to, to see that there was an opportunity and, and took advantage of it but that you have to have you have there has to be a demand for what you're what you're doing or wanting to do and I think that I'm not going to say it was easier back then, but I think times are getting tougher as as it goes on. There's mm-hmm. the marketplace is more flooded with people that that kind of do the same thing, and it's just it's not an easy deal. I it seems like cash flow. Anybody who's a small business owner, that's they say that's probably one of the most, and I can say personally that's a very big thing, you know, and being smart about it because there's people who lend you money all over the place. Oh, yeah. They'll lend money with a steep interest rate or a steep origination fee or whatever, and you know sometimes you have to do that. But if you can't, don't have to, then that would be. And the fact you guys were able to do that just shows your guys' discipline. Um, you know, it takes a lot. 
a lot of discipline. Because he's scared one or the other. <laughs> Fear and discipline. Yeah. I think they're the same thing, you know? So. They, they just have a different face. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I want to kind of kind of end this with two different things. First, I'm just going to ask you if you guys have any uh, last comments you guys want to make. But I want to do kind of a speed round at the very end. And I want you to rate on a scale of 1 to 10 these individual topics within construction. And and I, I like to have you guys and both you guys input on it. So 10, 10, uh, being, 10 the being the best okay. or the most important, you know. And so um, uh, one being the least important. So it doesn't. You can have all tens, you know, but it's how you see it. So the first um, first item is scheduling. So that would have to be a ten. Estimating. Quality estimating is is ranks way up there, nine or ten. Contract administration. I would put that at a. Eight or a nine. Design. Very important. Ten. Contracts. <laughs> you got a yeah. uh, understanding <laughs> you them or, or yeah. <laughs> uh, in today's society probably also a ten because you better know what it what it involves. Yeah, what's in the accounting. That would have to be a ten. You, know, you don't have good accounting, you can lose a whole lot of money. Yeah, we're in the as David Dean said in his podcast. He said we're in the one of those businesses you could be going bankrupt and not even know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until it's over. Yeah. yeah, and then it's too late. <laughs> yeah. What about selling work? That is, I, I would rate that a ten. If you don't sell I, your work, yeah, you're not going to have any. Yeah. And the last one, leadership. That is also very important. Yeah, I would rate it a ten. They're all very important not items. And it's just funny because uh, you know I, we chose those and we've added some throughout the time. Just it's good to get input from numerous different you know different people on that. So to kind of close out, first of all, I want to thank you guys. Number one, I want to thank you for lending your son to me. You know, so I our mean, pleasure. Clayton. Is, Thanks for taking him off our hands. Clayton. Is, <laughs> Clayton is Clayton. Uh, PMI may not be happy about that, but I, I'm very happy about it. Clayton is a very high-quality person, and right. I feel myself fortunate as a business owner to have him working with me. And uh, um, he's just stand-up, stand-up. I hate to call him a kid because – but he's a kid, he to, you know, he's good to me. But he's a stand-up kid, and you guys did a really good job right. with him. I can be very proud of him. And uh, uh, that's – I want to say thank you for that one. Thank you for guys for coming in. I want to thank you guys for what you guys have done for – um, a lot of people don't think that the United States is built on the backs of hard work and people and that somehow people just get rich by just they just somehow inherited or something else happens but the truth is is wealth is developed in this com- country from people like you right. people who started from nothing and created something yeah. and uh, that is that's the you guys are living the American dream you know and uh, I wish more people would recognize uh, that the money you guys have in your pockets today is a direct result of the sacrifices and the things you had to do all those years and the risk. Very you know? much so. So, and I want to commend you for that because, uh, like my father and, and like myself with my family, that's what um, runs America. Small business yeah. run America. I agree. 
So, um, but I just want to give you guys an opportunity to make any last comments you guys may have uh, or that we haven't covered. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to explain it. Anything? <laughs> no. So, um, and uh, be, before before we send off, I, I I'll just give you one guy one last comment. Twenty eight years together, running business together. Uh, she must be a saint because I tell you what I mean. So uh, I've heard. So <laughs> so it's it's a, it, that's a tough one, and uh, I have to you know once again I want to commend you for for that's a that's a, a feat that is probably more difficult than running a company is keeping a family together for all those years. Yeah. You know. So um, uh, congratulations, and you Thank making you. the transition to your next section of your life. Yeah. Whatever that may be, that may be riding motorcycles every day. Although today's probably not a good day to do that, but but whatever that may look Enjoying like, enjoying life, you know. So uh, purpose is very very important. Yeah. So they always say if you want to live to a hundred, that's the one key is having purpose, you know. Yeah. So, uh, well, thank you for uh, for being with us at Connex today. Uh, we're going to have a. Uh, uh, Stephen Gray, he rescheduled. He should be coming up on uh, the next podcast and shortly thereafter. See you next time.